Welcome to our Transgender School podcast. We're here to talk about diverse transgender identities and experiences so that we can all be better allies and advocates. We'll also discuss current events, welcome guests, and share actions you can take to support trans people. I'm Bridget, and my daughter Jackie came out as a transgender woman about four years ago when she was 19 years old. I was totally unprepared, but I have learned a lot since then. And now Jackie and I are passionate about sharing what we've learned. When I came to terms with being trans, I realized that I absolutely needed to transition, but coming out was very stressful. Now that a few years have passed, things have gotten somewhat easier, and I want to help other trans people navigate their own unique experiences. Welcome, everybody, to episode 20 of the Transgender School podcast. We have a very special guest today, our friend Tony, and we're going to have fun talking about all kinds of topics. And I'm so excited to introduce you to Tony. Tony and I met because he was a student in my speech class about three years ago. I don't think I've ever interviewed a former student, so this is going to be interesting. He just graduated from college. Congratulations. Yay! (laughs) Which I saw you celebrating on social media and I loved all of that. I was so excited for you. I know you're working a lot. You have lots going on in your life. You have your own podcast. So we will make sure to talk about that called Tea Time with Tony. We want to hear all about that later on. But let's start with just how we met. And then we're just going to kind of ask you to tell us about yourself and your amazing self because there's so much to share. But what just as a kind of little test, what do you remember about being in my class, if anything? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, What do I remember about comms 151 oh my goodness always start with like a bang <laughs> yes oh your attention grabber oh my goodness if you ever take a break like disguise it with like a cough or like a swig of water yes oh my um, goodness you remembered important things <laughs> um, oh my goodness i think it was like a quote or something never have like a full speech written down always just have like an outline and just like certain things that you want to hit on oh my goodness um, this is making me so happy that, that <laughs> even have, even that much stuck three years later this is amazing <laughs> you get an a plus do you <laughs> hey do you remember what your speeches were on your your major speeches i did a speech on beyonce i remember it yes you did <laughs> it was one of the best speeches ever <laughs> And also on self-care, which of course I loved too. Taking care of yourself. Yes. Jackie, you came to my classes a bunch of times. You probably remember seeing my students give speeches and terrified. What do you remember? I I remember getting into it with the guy who argued that women should have to get a license to become pregnant. And then I was like, I have follow-up questions. (laughs) I will never forget that day. I thought I was going to get fired because <laughs> you were I you were go to my chair and be like, yeah. "This professor brought her daughter who harassed me in class," and and you know, like totally tore my speech apart. Anyway, yeah. all right, I probably enough reminiscing about my speech classes, but I just wanted to give our listeners kind of the context of that. That's how we ultimately, or at least initially, first came to know each other. And we've kept in touch since, thankfully. And I followed all your incredible things going on in the world and your fabulousness and you how you are just a legend and an icon on social media. And every time your posts come up, I'm like, oh my God, he's amazing. So tell us about you. Just tell us like, who are you? And what do we need to know about you? 
to get to know uh, you. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm Tony. Um, pronouns are he, him, his, but honestly, I'm not too big on pronouns. As long as you're not like saying anything disrespectful, I'm a-okay. Recent Cal State Northridge grad um, with my bachelor's of science in recreation and tourism management. I am Woo! college educated or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Born and raised in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh, I don't know what else. I'm gay. <laughs> yes, yes, um, that's important. So I was born into the foster care system. Oh my gosh, how long ago? 22 years old. I don't know, like it. No. <laughs> Wait, are you saying that's old? That's like, you don't think <laughs> That's what you want to look. We're so, everybody's supposed feel, to want to look twenty-two. I, I feel I feel old on the inside, and you know, underneath this hat, you know, there's gray hairs. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was born into the foster care system back in '99, and I moved around to a couple different homes until I stayed in one for the majority of my life, from seven to I guess I aged out and went to college. Oh my goodness, I don't know what else. Background. Go ahead, sorry. Okay. And yeah, what Jackie. do you want, what, what do you feel like you want to get across today? What do you, if, you know, the, the few things that you remembered from my mom's speech class, what do you want those things to be that people remember from this podcast episode if they don't remember anything else? Today, during this podcast, you're going to learn a little more about Tony. You're going to hear about some of my life experiences and we're just going to have a good time. <laughs> Beautiful. Sounds like All a right. Plan. So yes, we're going to learn more about you. And this is one aspect of you that I think a lot of people might not know. Cause like you have this persona. I love your, this like image that you're very fun and sassy and like, I don't even know what sipping drag means. So that's a question I have for later. Right. So you talk about RuPaul's drag race, you review it, <laughs> sipping drag, whatever that is, you're going to tell us. But you have this like amazing side of yourself that is so giving and so loving and so compassionate, especially for younger people. You've been a camp counselor for foster youth. When you were in my class, one of your fellow students had a baby and I would regularly see you carrying the baby around. And I ran into you once in the elevator and you're carrying the baby and you're like, yeah, the baby slept over at my place last night. I don't even know if you were in the dorm or what you were like 19 and you just have this, you know, and I know you're like, a role model for so many foster youth and your siblings. And can you just tell us a little about that? And don't be humble. Come on, tell us about that side of you. I guess like growing up and like living through some of the things that I've lived through and just in my circumstances, it was just like, I've always had this just, I don't know what you call it. This like feeling on the inside was just like, well, you know what? Like there were some people in my life helped me out, got me through things. Why not? Like, repay the favor. And I'm just like, oh, I just think that if somebody needs help, like, help them out. I just don't see the point. And just like, being like, oh, well, if, I, if I'm not doing anything, like, you need to watch your baby. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm not doing anything. I don't do much. You know, I sit at home. Um, That's not true. You were a student. You had jobs. You are that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, outside of like, you know, going to school and going to work, I occasionally go out. But besides that, I'm like really sitting at home. So it was just like, I know during that time she was a single parent trying to navigate school, trying to navigate her personal life. And it was just like, well, I have the means. I have the time to help you out. 
I'm, you know, I'm going to be there, especially just she was another foster youth. So just like mm-hmm. in that situation, I know that, you know, having, you know, family is difficult, you know, reaching out to family is difficult. Some people may not even have a necessary normal type of family to call on to. So it's just like, well, I know you're a long ways of home. So am I, you know, motherhood, your first kid. Let's work do it together. You know, I hope you're as much as I can. I didn't say I was taking the baby for a whole week, but you know, a night or two, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not something most second year college students have ever had to think about or do. So I, even though you're being very humble, I think it really speaks to who you are as a person. Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. It it seems like you feel, would you say it's accurate that you feel a responsibility to help people around you that you know what it's Um, like to be in a difficult situation? I guess you would say like a sense of responsibility, but I also just feel like, you know, we live in a very interesting, scary world. And it's just like, if you can help, why not? Like, just why not? You know, like, what's the quarrel with like helping somebody out or, you know, yeah, and, you know, like, it's not going to kill me. It's not like putting me in any type of like immediate danger. So, yeah, you know, why not? Well, I wish more people had that attitude. I really do. I don't think everybody thinks that way. So I want you to know that it's unique and it's special because a lot of people, especially these days, it's all about like keeping what I have for myself and taking care of myself only. And what about being a camp counselor for foster kids? What was that like? I started with this organization. Um, it's called Happy Trails for Kids back when I was back when I was a wee bit little child. And it was such an amazing experience just, you know, not necessarily have the means to like go on like, you know, fancy vacations off to Disney World and Hawaii and things like that. But, you know, have the opportunity to go up and experience something that isn't South LA, the hood, you know, it was mm-hmm. just a nice experience. And I was just like, well, as I grew up, I was just like, well, I would like to, you know, I just feel like giving back, you know, I can give back as much as I can. So I was just like, well, I started to work my way up in the organization, started off as like a little junior counselor. And then I started off as a camp counselor. I was just like, well, I can provide some type of role modelness. You know, I'm not going to say I'm the best role model when it comes to like extracurricular activities and certain things. And, you know, my mouth is very vulgar. Um, if you want to figure that out. You don't have to hold back here, by the way. We're, it's a free for all here. You can say whatever. Yeah, you want. I'm the same way. Don't worry. <laughs> um, you know, I'm in school. I have a plan. I, you know, have a good head on my shoulders. I've seen so many people go down so many just like terrible paths. It was just like, it would be nice to, you know, have a nice role model who's someone who looks like me as well. Because I experienced growing up in all these programs and things and whatnot. There were always just white people, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of them are there to, you know, be there for the actual cause. And then, of course, you know, you got the ones over here trying to tokenism and all that good stuff and mm-hmm. just trying to be the same whatnot so it's just like it would be nice to have someone who looks like me comes from my same area who knows the ins and outs in a good place and just be a good positive role model for as I got older you know I started to really experience dirt and nature and bugs and I started to really realize things and I was like yeah I don't know if I can do care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. 
don't know about your age, but I can't do it anymore. The, the you know, being out with the bugs and although nature is can be beautiful, but it's a great gift that you gave to those kids. And I'm sure that you impacted their lives forever. And as we know, we don't want to get into like all kinds of statistics. And, but since you mentioned it, you know, and being a role model, the research says that less than 3% of former foster youth graduate from a four-year college. So I'm really curious what you would have to say about that and like what helped you and what what can we do to change that number? I want to say that statistic has changed because as, okay. as I grew up, I always heard like that 3%, that 3%. Yeah, it should uh, be higher now then. Yeah, I, I, okay. it's for sure higher now. Okay. I don't know exactly how high it is, but... Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know how you would necessarily like fix this issue or try and like, I don't know, because I am a firm believer in, you know, people do what they want to do after yeah. high school. Like, you know, college isn't necessarily for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, barely for me, but I just got, I already spent too much money to turn back. So I might as well just <laughs> go on through with the whole thing, but it's not necessarily for everyone, um, especially in this day and age, 2020, when you have all these TikTok yeah. jobs and yeah. you know, these other jobs where That's you don't really need a college degree. So I think that we should kind of stem away from trying to like define success as going to a four-year university or things of that nature. And success is just, how are you doing in life? Are you happy with what you're doing and whatnot? Mm. necessarily matter if, you know, folks are going on that's going to, very uh, true let's focus on the foster youth who are ending up homeless after they're getting emancipated and kicked out of their homes let's focus on those statistics right you know? right absolutely absolutely thank you for shifting our that my perspective on that i agree i would just hope that those who want to go mm-hmm. and are you know feel that it's something they want in their lives would have the opportunity but you're absolutely right and there are bigger much bigger issues with our foster care system and foster care youth that are probably much more dire and need to be addressed to your point you know, i will say this on the fact of the matter i think having role models and having older folks who have experienced, you know, higher education, coming back and having those folks in organizations like Happy Trolls and other organizations like that. That's how, you know, you get the word out. And, you know, some folks will be like, well, you know what? Well, how did you do it? How did you get there? And some folks will be like, sounds cool, but not for me. Right. And that's what I hope that we can all contribute to in some way. As you remember, probably I used to take students to one of the local schools and in a low income area, and we would just talk to the kids about their potential to go to college. And the teachers would say like they, a lot of those kids really, no one in their life had ever even suggested to them that college could possibly be an option. So it's just, it's just hopefully opening up the opportunity that it could be considered as an option for those who would want it. And to see people, like you said, who look like you, who are role models for that you can do it if you want to. To your point, Tony, about the issue going so far beyond whether someone goes to college or not and being about your individual success, your individual well-being as a human, like as someone who's experienced growing up in this system firsthand, what are we not doing as a society that we should be to provide people the supports and the validation and the opportunities that they need as kids to actually feel like they're okay and that they, you know, are comfortable existing and doing their thing in this world, whatever that might look like. 
I think what did help was I think I was extremely fortunate to kind of experience a lot of things outside of my own community, whether it been like uh, summer camp or whether it been like I used to go to church at the Salvation Army all the way in Santa Monica and they would come mm. pick me up. And I was so fortunate enough to just be exposed to a lot of different things. I was like band camp and like things like that. So I think just opening up experiences for folks in low-income areas who don't necessarily have the means to afford week-long of summer camp or afford, you know, all these different activities and things that other folks are fortunate to participate in. So I just think opening up more experiences and things like that for folks. So folks have the opportunity to, you know, I think when you live in a a low-income neighborhood, you know, there's always, well, you always see the sports people on the television. You always see like the actors and the pop stars and the rappers and things like that. And that's what's shown to these folks is children. And that's what they think that, you know, that's what they think that's out there. You know, you, you always have these folks who are saying, well, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a bus driver or astronaut or things like that. And it's because these are the things that are just like, you know, constantly in their, in their face, but you know, you don't necessarily see well accountants or lawyers necessarily or like you know all these other different fields it people and all those Mm -hmm. other because you don't necessarily know about that stuff so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. different things to Mm -hmm. everyone Mm -hmm. exactly exactly that's an excellent answer i think that's the best answer and also it's about making sure that people know what's out there because we know of like I've talked to someone involved with Camp Mulberry, which is a a free camp for transgender and gender expansive kids. And it's just like, I'm constantly telling people about it and seeing, you know, when I post and things and people are like, I've never heard of this, you know, so it's about some of those resources are out there and we all have to do a better job of making sure the people who can take advantage of them know that they're available. And I'm so glad that you were connected in that way. And that makes sense. And I didn't know all of those things about you, like band and all of that. So it makes a lot of sense now that you say, you know, what? Like, you definitely don't don't seem like a band geek. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that you got to have those experiences and that made a big difference for you. And so how can we, you know, make those experiences more accessible? But I want to turn the conversation conversation to the big topic of our podcast, which is LGBTQ plus questions. I don't even know. Everybody wants labels. I like how you said I'm not that concerned about pronouns, but let me say what I think I see. Like clearly you're gay because you share that openly. You are, but you also have a very gender bending kind of style, right? Like you wear feminine clothes. we, We were talking last time you said something about, oh yeah, I see how people look at me when I'm out with my purse and the way you carry yourself. It's beautiful. It's great. And I just want to hear from you, like, how do you (laughs) like see yourself and your place in the world in that LGBTQ plus acronym or beyond it, whatever (laughs) in that realm? I would say I get down to like the nitty gritty. I would say this, I guess I would be gender fluid. I was thinking about this in the shower. I was like, what? I guess what? What what would I describe myself as? You know, I'm not. I know. Maybe there's no label. I don't know. The labels are so limiting. I'm Tony. <laughs> You're Tony. Yeah, I know. Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. But what about like, how do you like to dress and present yourself? Because I know that's a bit like that's, you're very into that and you're very fashionable and it's yeah. a big part of you. I, oh, 
I'm not the best with words. I did not graduate with a degree in like language and whatnot. <laughs> I, say, I, I want to say, you know, I dress, I guess, androgynous would be mm-hmm. I'll give you a little bit of both. You know, some days I want to be like really mask and I'll wear like baggy clothes and like, you know, whatever. And then some days, you know what? I want to wear a crop top and booty shorts and my heeled sparkly boots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. grab my favorite bag. But yeah, I I wear whatever I want to wear, you know? Yeah, I love it. And this is really important because like I'm in support groups and things with parents. And this is the kind of thing that freaks people of my age out big time. They're like, okay, we're trying to be allies. We're, you know, if they're cis and and hetero, like, but I don't understand. My kid wants to dress like a girl one day, dress like a boy the next day. Like, but you are the, what you're saying, I feel like that's what, the reality is like we can't pin people down in their identities and their expression and their presentation so what would you say to these people who are like but what are you know how do you define yourself and what's the label and like we hear you saying like screw the labels like I'm just Tony and I'm gonna be me and that might be different every day like what do you think about that I think that these folks and you know what I'm not even gonna say in the older generation because I have some of my peers who will maybe look at me side-eyed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just think folks need to get their panties out of a bunch and mind their own <laughs> goddamn business. Yes. It's just like, <laughs> who the hell cares what the other bitch is wearing? Like, I just don't understand why people are so just like goddamn nosy. And you know what? I'm gonna be a hypocrite because I'm nosy as hell too. But it's just like, why are we so concerned about what the next person is doing? We need to be focused on ourselves. Like, everybody has their own personal demons. And you know what? You might just be mad because you can't rock a bag. Like, I can rock a bag. Or you can't, <laughs> you can't get your 40 inches. Like, I can get my 40 inches. You know, I. it's just people are jealous that, you know what? Uh, and when it comes to the older generation, I think that they're really jealous. They're the ones that are really jealous because... Back in their day, you know, they maybe wanted to put on a skirt or wear a purse or do something like that. But it just, it was so frowned upon back in their day that it's just like, "Mm, now that I wasn't able to do it, now I'm going to shame the next person because they do have the ability to do it. They do have the ability to just be themselves and not give a fuck. It's jealousy, nosiness, and just mind your own business. There's a real TED talk. There's yes. a real attachment to gender roles. It's so fascinating. Like even among people who are willing to accept that you're gay or willing to accept that you're trans, mm-hmm. it's like okay, you can be trans, but you have to pass perfectly, and you have to do this, you have to do that, or you can be gay, but you have to be like Pete Buttigieg, you know, you have to be like suit and tie and like a single family home with a backyard and a white fence. It's like who fucking cares? It's such bullshit. Donkey shit. <laughs> Donkey it's shit. Wild. It's wild. The world that we two would get along. <laughs> I mean, you two would see things the same way. <laughs> yeah, Jackie. I mean, since we're having this conversation, can you speak to that a little more, Jackie? Because I've done that to you. Like, just be. Oh real. yeah. I mean, we've. I've we've like had put this on some lipstick, right? Yeah. No, it's like I have a right to be a trans woman and to be a woman. And to not shave for a couple days and not have that invalidate who I am and how people perceive me. And it's people, especially cishet people who have been willing to compartmentalize a certain level of tolerance for queer people. You know, you go outside of that box that they've created for you. And it's like, 
whoa, no, that's not allowed. You said, oh, you said something so good. Level of tolerance and people, that's what it is. People literally only have like the smallest level of tolerance. And then once it like mm-hmm. crosses one line, it's, oh, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I feel threatened. Exactly. Well, how have people in your life been about all that? Like, it sounds like some people are supportive and cheering you on and other people are not comfortable. I mean, you don't have to tell us, but I'm just curious if you, if any thoughts come to mind of like examples, but you don't, you don't have to. (laughs) You know, I tend to surround myself with a really positive and supportive group of people. And I've been working really hard these past couple of years on setting boundaries and just not letting people who don't necessarily support me and, you know, see eye to eye with my views, just not letting them have as much access to me. But, you know, my grandmother, she is so freaking, so freaking supportive. Like, oh, she's good. amazing when it comes to, like, the support. And you know what? When I was going through that time of, like, coming out it was just like, she was one of the people who I was kind of just like, ooh, a little nervous on just because, you know, she is from the older generation where their views were very standard to the norm. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't know what she's going to say to me because I was, oh, me and my grandma were always just attached at the hip. She's been so supportive. She loves me. Every time I bring a new bag on, we bring a new bag. Now we go purse shopping together. <laughs> For my birthday, I did like this whole 40 minute Beyonce performance where I was twerking on a guy and like, you know, <laughs> with tabs and all this other stuff. Wait, 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 slow that down. You did a 40 minute Beyonce performance where you were twerking on a guy. I don't want anybody to a, miss I that. Had, I, had a, I had a Jay-Z. I did a whole three months worth of practice. Nice. And choreography. And wow. Even stage. It was it was a production. I did. did you record it? Is there a recording of that somewhere? Yeah, it's, it's on my. I'll show, I'll send you, send you the video later okay, on. Okay, you gotta send. You gotta share. I love us. it. Okay. Um, Gio did my recording. Who did? Gio. Oh yes! Oh yeah. my gosh! Of you course. I didn't. I just didn't hear the name you said. Yes, yes, yes. Love him. Okay. I have got to see that. I did not know that was out there. Okay, so your grandmother was is has been supportive all along. Yeah, and you know, some of my other family members hasn't been as supportive. But, you know, it's just setting my boundaries and just, I'm going to speak my truth at the end of the day. I'm going to speak my truth and I'm going to set my boundary and it is what it is going to be at the end of the day. And, you know, it may suck yep. to kind of have to X people out like that, but I got to do what's you, best for me. You have to. Well, you were just saying that before we got on the call, Jackie, like there's no obligation, right? What were you saying? Yeah, no, I mean, I think queer people have no obligation to keep people who are not accepting, who are actively harming their mental health and their lives. And that's sad that we have to do that. It's sad that it's our responsibility because other people aren't accepting. But at the end of the day, you know, those people don't get to complain if we're not talking to them, if we are not interested in having them in our lives, because that was their decision to not just tolerate who we are. Mm-hmm. And I'm an amazing person. Like, it's a baby overnight. And I was a full-time college student and working two jobs. So Thank I'm, you. I'm an Thank you. Person. And for you to, like, for somebody <laughs> to just, you know what, not have me in their life anymore, it's a loss on your part. Like, hell yeah. I love, this is what I love about you, Tony. This is among everything else. This is what I want everybody to feel that way about themselves. Like, yeah, we need to all be our own biggest cheerleader. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Speaking of that, of everything you put out there, tell us about your podcast. 
Oh my goodness. So I have a podcast. It's called yeah. Time with Tony. And it's a podcast where I talk about sex, drugs, relationships, criminal activity, political activity. Ooh. So much stuff. Oh, I, I think uh, I might need to come on that podcast. Ooh. A few things to talk about. <laughs> celebrity Especially gossip, politics. Things that are in the media just... And honestly, I talk about whatever I, I talk about, whatever I want to. It's honestly just a front for me to be nosy and just gossip with people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, love that. it. That's great. But, yeah, it's really fun for me. I drink a lot of wine. Nice. <laughs> While I do it, and it's tea time with Tony. So I drink a lot of wine and just have Oh, so you're time. not drinking tea in tea time with Tony. You're drinking I'm wine. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes, I'm tea. sometimes I'm drinking tea. And you know what? It might be a little spike tea sometimes, too. <laughs> you know, it depends on the episode. Sometimes I'll drink tea. Sometimes I'll just have a nice, like, sparkling water or, you know, right. I'll okay. Something we um, love it. So everybody listening should start listening to Tea Time with Tony. Is it? Did you pick it back up? I know you took a little break. Yeah, you're so back I, it back I in action. A, I took a hiatus for like mm-hmm. a year and a half <laughs> because <laughs> oh my gosh! At the time, I was like during the pandemic. I started my podcast during the pandemic, as everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did too. <laughs> and then once you know things started to open back up, I was going back into the office more. School started mm-hmm. to open back up. I ended up working like three jobs at that time and it was just like, oh, trying to work three jobs go to school full-time and hold on to a podcast and like do like all my side hustles and volunteer work and all that it was a little much but I picked it back up we are I just released my third episode and yeah we're on full swing nice nice, nice. Awesome. yeah congratulations we will be listening and did I get this right did you say sipping on drag is that a thing Can you tell us what that is? I am so clueless. I know. So during the first season of my podcast, I added, (laughs) I was working two jobs and going to school full time and doing one podcast. And I added a whole mini series to my podcast where I would review episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race every week. And I would just go through the episode, say my little two cents. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I called it Sip and Drag because I wanted it to still kind of be on theme with like Tea Time with Tony. So I called it Sip and Drag. But, you know, as Drag Race has went on, you know, since a year and a half ago, we've got like seven seasons of <laughs> seven seasons of Drag Race. So You'll have to be gulping the drag to catch up at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you watch regular? You watch all of them? Oh, yes. Well, not, I don't watch all of them, but I am very in tune with America, you know, with the American season. And I watch Canada and I also watch UK, but all of the other franchises, I'm not there yet because there's just, there's just so many to keep up with. I mean, they're also, some of the other ones are not in English because they're all in different parts of the world. And I do not like to read subtitles. <laughs> uh. And when you're reviewing it, what kinds of things do you talk about? Like, what are you looking for? I mean, I, you know. I talk about outfits. I talk about like how I would do in the challenge. And I just, you know, I just give like a recap of the episode. <laughs> okay. But how you would do. Okay. Is it is yeah. it something you would want to do to be on it? I'm very secure myself and I would do drag, but I'm very well knowledge. Well, I'm not very well knowledge, but I feel like I have a, knowledge, a lot of knowledge on drag and how much stuff they have to go through. And yeah. I can't. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, a lot. lot of work and I like kudos to all the drag queens out there because it's a lot of fucking work and I don't think so I don't think I'll be able to do it <laughs> maybe like yeah. one time but and then I know like on drag race you know filming tv shows forever so you 
in heels, got your thang thang pulled back, duct taped up. <laughs> and it's a mess to be sitting up there and you got the hot ass lights from production and all that. It's a lot. I don't think I would be able to do it on a TV show, but I would thrive on it though. I think all the challenges I would do really good at if I could just, you know, be Tony and not have to forget it, Jack. <laughs> So, but you're watching with the eye toward the little, what they're doing that you think works and what you like and what you appreciate. And you clearly, yeah, you you understand the strategy and you clearly have a great, you have reverence and appreciation for how much they put into it and how hard it is. If I ever fall into it and I ever just be like, you know what, I guess I'll have to, I'll do it. I know I would win. I know. <laughs> you know you, I love your confidence. I love that. I love that. Okay. Jackie, what else should we ask Tony about? There could be so many different fun things we could talk about. What do you think? Jackie, I, I have a question for you. Oh, um, great. This <laughs> I was having this conversation with a couple of my friends the other day. I'm in a weird place when it comes to like allies because one of my supervisors, we went to a conference and she did a presentation on like allyship versus like accomplice. So now I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about allies. But my first question would be, do you think that allies are like a part of, would you consider them a part of the community? Because we were like, me and my friends, we were kind of breaking down the LGBTQIA plus. And I'm the only LGBT that (laughs) so much. I'm the only one in there. So I was just like, I mean, I'm 95 99% sure the a in it is for asexual but then someone said ally but i was like "Mm, but you're not a part of the community that's a little different what are your thoughts i think there's a clear distinction between being lgbtqi you know being queer in some version of that umbrella and being an ally i think that is inherent in the term ally i think the term ally by definition means that you are outside of a group but are trying to be an ally to that group like i cannot be a person of color like i was born a white person and i will die a white person but i can try to be a better ally to people of color like someone who is not queer i just don't see a world where they can be part of that community without feeling like they identify as queer and having that lived experience. And that's a very diverse lived experience. Like there's a lot of people who might identify as queer, who might be bisexual and be in a relationship with someone of the other sex and present to the people in their lives as heteronormative in a lot of ways, but still identify as queer and still be part of the community. There's people who might be trans who might pass perfectly and nobody in their life knows they're trans and they're still part of the, you know, there's, I think there's, a very diverse range of people within the community, but I do think that allies are by definition outside of the community. And I think that that's an important distinction to make. And I think that that, you know, helps inform debates like, is it okay for an ally to say the word queer? Like personally, I don't really, it's not something that like hits me the wrong way. If it's coming from someone who I know means it in a good way, but I also think it queer people are totally justified in saying to cishet people like I don't want to hear the word queer out of your mouth like that doesn't feel right that's a word with a complicated history that is something that queer people is for us to use and I really like another thing you brought up I really like the ally versus accomplice framing I think it gets us back to the roots of like what it means to be someone whose existence is not validated both by society or by our institutions whose existence is not recognized in our laws, is not protected in our laws, and is in fact actively being attacked in our laws at both the federal level 
and across the country. And I think that when you look at that framing, an ally is someone who, sure, they support your rights, but are they going to put their own freedom? Are they going to put their own good standing with our institutions on the line to defend you? And someone who will do that, someone who will get themselves arrested, someone who will risk losing a professional license, someone who will do something like that to support queer people is an accomplice. They are willing to participate in that marginalization, in that being attacked by the state in various ways with us. Not allies, or not all allies are willing to do that. And then that's a clear distinction too. Her. Thank you. You just justified me. And you know what? When this podcast comes out, I'm going to send it to my friends so they know that they were wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, yes. I'm glad I've inserted myself in your, in your friends, in your debates <laughs> with your friends. But no, that's, yeah, that's my take. But also a question for you two that I think we've talked about before, Jackie, but that I'm getting the feeling now that I don't get to call myself an ally. Like it's up to you to call me an ally. I can't say, oh, I'm a cishet person who's an ally to LGBTQ people. Because I think it's fair to say you're trying to be an ally. I'm trying to fair. be. Like I'm doing everything yeah. I can to be an ally. But it's like, yeah, again, it's not, it's up to the people who you're trying to be an ally right. to, to say, right. is this person an ally? Are they an accomplice? Yeah. Like, But what? I think, yeah, I think that's an important distinction because like I came up to San Francisco to go to March of Pride with Jackie recently, which was amazing. And I had put all these buttons on my jacket, you know, all these pride things. And I had one that I'd gotten somewhere that said ally with the rainbow. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to put that on because who am I to say I'm an ally? Like, I just think it's something since I know a lot of people who want to be allies are listening right now. I would challenge you to not call yourself an ally and to allow that to either be spoken or not by people in the LGBTQ community. And I think the framing that Jackie just said to me, it sounds like a subtle, or to you, it may sound like a subtle difference to me. It's a big difference to say I'm an ally versus I'm trying to be an ally. I would say I'm trying to be an ally. I'm striving to be an ally, but you get to decide if I'm succeeding in that. And you would have every right to say, well, wait a minute. You didn't speak up when somebody said this at work. You're not being an ally there. So you don't get to just say you're an ally across the board, like all the time. Yeah. And I think if, if anyone heard that, any of our allies out there heard that and it may have rubbed them the wrong way, like to try to add <laughs> a little bit of nuance to it, because I agree with you. I think that's right. And I think it's like, the potential danger of declaring yourself an ally and feeling that you are an ally, I guess, is that you declare yourself an ally and you say, okay, I'm an ally. I, I did it. I, I'm great. Right. I'm here. <laughs> I'm done. And then it's like, if you declare yourself an ally and then the next day you like say something that makes someone feel bad or you misgender someone, like there's things that might contradict your statement that you are an ally and it's just exactly maybe better to keep it as a goal as opposed right. to something that you think you have you have accomplished and you are finished with because it's more exactly. of a thing that you have to practice in exactly. your day-to-day interactions with with the queer people in your life as opposed to an accomplishment like a mountain you climbed to the top of you're like I did right. it I climbed ally mountain right. I'm good that's all I was trying to say I hope I didn't ru- I never like to rub people the wrong way but I'm but I'm willing to do it if it if it gets the point across but that's all I was trying to say is it's something we should constantly be striving to do and to do better at and to learn more about like I'm learning on this podcast. One thing that was in our notes that I I think you referenced briefly, Tony, was like media. And that's something that I don't know that we've touched on in this conversation is the role that media in our country plays in, in these conversations and in amplifying both positive and negative voices in these conversations and your take on all of that and what the media could be doing better or is doing well? 
I feel like the media is getting to a point where it's being more open and accepting, but just like everyone else and everywhere else, we have ways to go, but there are so many different programs that are being recognized and that are being brought to light, like Drag Race and Legendary. Oh my gosh, what are these shows? Do you like Pose? Oh yes, Pose. There's so many different queer shows out there. Since eight, all of these different shows that are highlighting queer folks and their experiences, both in front of and behind the camera. I just want to see more. I just think, Mm -hmm. you know, if we're going to, and, you know, there's always going to be people who are going to be upset, who are going to have their little two cents to say, who are going to say, well, let's cancel this person or let's not watch this show. And I very much have this, well, fuck a mood. And it's like, well, who the fuck cares? Like, move the fuck on. There's going to be the people who watch the show, who support the show, and there's going to be the people who don't. But who cares? Let's continue to put this stuff out there and show folks that, you know, just put it out there. You know, I know as a kid, I don't know about you, Jackie, but there wasn't Drag Race. I mean, I know Drag Race came out in like 09, but like I for sure wasn't watching Drag Race because of what I, you know, the stigma behind it and whatnot. I didn't even know about Drag Race until, honestly, I didn't know about Drag Race and maybe until like the pandemic. I mean, I knew like mm-hmm. of it, but like not until like the pandemic. And I really like, I did my research during the pandemic and I did sit there and watch all like 12 seasons during the pandemic too. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I didn't know about some of these shows and just like, I didn't know, you know, there's so many queer actors and queer politicians and things like that that are not necessarily highlighted in the media. So I just think let's continue to just highlight these folks so that, you know, the younger generation, you know, these these older generation folks are always out there. Shield the kids, protect the kids. The game (laughs) is contagious. Oh my God, run. I'm going to get you. But no, like these kids need to see this, just like how these kids are, you know, you want these kids to see, you know, watch the news and see what else is going on in the world. There's gay people all around the world. You know, your neighbor is gay. But, you know, they're, you know, kids are very impressionable and, you know, it can be a good thing. It can be a bad thing. But I just think having these folks in the media, because that's what these kids are watching. They're all on their YouTubes and their iPads and their TikTokers and whatnot. This is just what they need to see. And it just opens up the door. So folks are, first of all, so folks don't necessarily have to come out. And this is just something that's normal, you know, being gay is normal. And then so folks feel comfortable enough, you know, if they still do want to come out, they you know that they have the space to do so, know that they're not alone in this world. I totally agree. And I, I we're around the same age. I was born 97. And I talked about this probably before on the podcast about how I just had no concept that being trans was a thing. Like I, I mean, really, until I moved to San Francisco and went to college, I didn't really know that trans people existed, that people just transitioned and lived their lives and that that was something that you could do. And if I had known that a lot earlier in my life, I probably would have come out a lot earlier in my life and I probably would have transitioned a lot earlier in my life. And that's not because the media would have turned me trans. Like I not having access to that media didn't make me not trans. It just meant it took me longer to figure it out. Um, So. And and, you know, that's a perfect example because then I think of, I didn't necessarily learn about trans and like actually like put some like thought and like research into it until like I saw Caitlyn Jenner and like all that stuff started to come out. And I was like, well, I knew, like, you know, 
you know how kids are, you know, kids are, you know, they say their jokes and things like that. So I was like, I always had like a faint little idea, but I never necessarily knew like to the extent and all of that um, until Caitlyn Jenner came out. But, you know, I don't necessarily support her anymore because of her political views. Um, <laughs> yeah. We're with you on that. <laughs> for another day. But then you, have complicated. you have her who came out at 60 something years old and it's just like, you know, yes, kudos to her for, you know, living in her truth and finally coming to terms with that. But damn, 67 years old, I'd be upset that I spent my whole life, you know, in this body that I didn't feel comfortable in and I didn't feel belonged to me. And I would be feel behooved. I would like to press the restart button and start this thing all over again. So I just think, you know, we would have a lot less mental health issues, a lot less teen suicides and youth suicides and just things of that nature if, you know, people see folks who look like them, black and brown queer folks too. There's always yes. a white twink gay guy. Yeah, yep. 100%. Yep, yep. So on that note, I imagine, Tony, that you did not see a lot of people who you could relate to in the media when you were growing up. Or if you did, they were being made fun of and dehumanized. I'm trying to think. When the, oh, what gay guy did I see on TV? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I can't even yeah. remember the first gay guy who I seen on TV. Um, so it sounds like it was just kind of absent from your awareness when you were growing up. Yeah. I'm really trying to think hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh That's wild. Yeah. And like you said, if you did, it probably would have been the stereotypical white, yeah. privileged, white. you know, gay, you know, wealthy, whatever. So I think there's a really important message in that. It's a good question, Jackie, and an important concern. But to your point, Tony, it's happening. It's just happening. We have a long way to go, but there's a little bit of hope because there's more than there used to be in terms of representation, but long way to go. Yeah, very long way to go. But you know what? I think with things like your podcast and my podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, we're we're getting there. I would love to see a young black male with 40 inches of golden locks (laughs) (laughs) on somebody's daytime television show, you know. Yeah. Wait a minute. So are you putting yourself out there for uh, acting gigs then? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm there for anything. You know, I've done my fair share of work you know i might be featured in a movie or something <gasps> really I mean, wait a right? minute we i didn't know this tell us i mean you know it's not out yet but you know i mean i just do you know i have friends in the industry so you know they call for like things like that i mean okay of like red carpet interviews you know i'm very open in like my career goals like great okay i'll take a job (laughs) okay well this is good we're gonna have to get you back here when you're famous too yeah i know and then we'll be like we actually had him on our show like tony please don't forget us (laughs) i know (laughs) never well that is exciting and i can totally see that happening i think more than almost anybody i know i could see you like just being massively famous and and just having the world fall at your feet you have that energy you have that soul it's coming i just need a little more time to um bake (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. And although you feel 22 is very old, I think that <laughs> at my age, I can see that you have your whole life ahead of you and definitely big things in store in that journey with your college degree in hand and all your amazing experience and leadership and mo- role modeling and mentorship that you've done. Like, it's amazing what you've already done. And now you're just going to like continue and do incredible things and be unstoppable. And I hope that you will keep in touch with me. Of course. And I want to always know what you're up to and how I can support you and help you. And I'm, I'm honored that, you know, we've stayed in touch and it means a lot to me. I really mean that. Of course. And you've been such an amazing just support system and supporter for so many years. Of course. I appreciate your support and just your your enthusiasm for me just throughout the years. You've always just been, always been in my corner and it's been amazing to have someone in there. I feel the same way. It's my pleasure and I love following you and keeping in touch with you. And I'm, I'm here cheering you on always. And you, you know, you teach me a lot. Like you, when your class, especially the one you're in, you all taught me so much. Like I, you know, I didn't know about Beyonce. <laughs> I need to know. I want to be up on pop. I mean, I knew about Beyonce, but you went deep. Like, you know, I learned like who she really is and all this inside stuff. And I missed that because I retired and I missed you all teaching me about pop culture and life and different experiences from what I, anything like what I've experienced, like the openness of all my students, you know, in those classes, it just, it changed me as a person. So I just want you to know it's, it's all reciprocal and I'm very grateful yeah. to you. I 100% agree. Learning is reciprocal. I yes. Full circle. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I will not, you know, let you you know, get out of my sight and not keep you posted on everything that's going on. And I thank you so much for this conversation because I didn't really know where it was going to go, but I knew it would be good with you. (laughs) I was like, I'm not exactly sure which way we'll go. I'm telling Jackie, but he's going to be an amazing guest. He's just going to be funny and real. And he's going to say really meaningful things as well as like interesting, fun things. So you, you uh, delivered and exceeded all expectations as you always do. Thank you so much, Tony. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. Of course, thank you for having me. This was extremely fun. Yay! Anytime. Boring. You know, I just go to work and I come home and lay in the bed. So same here. Same for us. I'm I'm like, you know, I know know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, life is good, but you know, this is one of the most fun things I get to do for sure. Totally. So thank you. And so don't forget, everyone, check out Tea Time with Tony and stay tuned for his IMDb page as well. Yes. yes. We're available anywhere where you can find podcasts, Apple Music. What are the other ones? Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, all of that. I'm there. Everywhere. You can find you. And we will put the link in our show notes here. So you have no excuse for not going right there. Because wherever you're listening or watching to this episode, you can go with one click and find Tony. We'll have it all in there. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Tony. Thank you so much for listening to our Transgender School podcast. We hope you learned something new and that you're inspired to learn more. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And please be sure to check out our website, transgenderschool.org. You'll find many valuable resources there, including news about upcoming courses we'll be teaching. Make sure to join us for future podcast episodes. We'll catch you on the first Tuesday of every month. 